This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the DTC pod. Uh, I'm your host, Jay. And today we're joined by a special guest, Brad Redding, the co-founder of Elevar, a platform that helps e-commerce brands better understand their marketing analytics through automation. Hey, Brad, thanks for joining us. We appreciate having you on the podcast. So before we kind of jump into the questions over here, how about you introduce yourself a little bit and talk about Elevar a little bit? Yeah, Jade, I appreciate you having me on. Exciting, exciting world that we're in right now in, in, in e-commerce. And there's uh, obviously a big Q4 coming ahead. Uh, so a little bit about, about Elevar, we're, uh, we're a Shopify Plus partner. We focus really in everything pre-purchase. So we, we ensure brands have accurate data they can trust, advanced data they can use for optimization activities, um, and ultimately ensure that all of that work they put into building a solid data foundation is monitored. So if something breaks, it's not a silent error that ultimately impacts their marketing activities. Cool. So how did you kind of get into the e-commerce space? Would love to hear your story. I know you're the co-founder of the company. So I'd just love to hear a little bit more about you. Yeah. So this is my, this is my second, second business in the e-com world. I started the first one about 10, 10, gosh, probably 12 years ago. And the easiest way to explain that business, and this is actually early days of Shopify. And I was looking at Shopify as a competitor back then, but it was basically Etsy for independent boutiques and retailers. So it was a platform where uh, back then e-commerce was nowhere, nowhere near what it is today. So we built a platform where retailers, um, independent boutiques could create a storefront, upload their products. And then it was like a marketplace where we would actually go find different buyers from different cities that could shop boutiques, even though they might live in New York and want to shop in LA and vice versa. Um, so that's how, actually how I got into e-commerce and had that for a few years. Went from that to uh, an agency in Charleston, South Carolina, Blue Acorn, where I worked there for five years, really growing, growing and scaling that company. Uh, we were very big in Magento Enterprise back then, uh, before Shopify really exploded about three or four years ago. Uh, and from there, it was a really there's a pain point that I continue to see as we we're working with huge brands like Rebecca Minkoff, Signature Hardware, Le Creuset, etc. Uh, we're, we're doing the same type of data analysis over and over and over, over again. So if we want to look at pain points in the, the user's shopping journey, we'd have to pull the same reports from Google Analytics over and over manually. So that was like the aha moments, like there's got to be a faster uh, faster way to do this and automate it. So that was really what what, what birthed Elevar was uh, building a little simple prototype that would hook into Google Analytics for uh, different brands and we would ingest all the data, slice and dice it and return insights that they could use to either uh, implement some of those insights into marketing or their conversion optimization strategies. Um, and then from there, we've obviously had many different iterations and improvements of the product uh, for the last three years as e-commerce is just, it's just exploding, uh, especially post COVID. So it's, uh, it's an exciting space to be in, in in analytics and data. Yeah, definitely. I think we've kind of seen the same thing as well. A real e-commerce explosion. I think I was reading the other day that there's been so much e-commerce growth in this last quarter, obviously, because of everything that's going on. And it's kind of trumped the e-commerce growth that was going even for the past like 10 years that the way um, things are going and everything is turning more digital. So I know, you know, E-commerce has become so big and now more stores are really shifting online and trying to develop that online presence. So 
you know, we always try and make actionable tips over here and actionable insights that brands can take away that are listening. So let's talk a little bit about some of the, you guys do tracking. So some of the common problems you see in terms of tracking, especially since we have so many brands now that are starting to dive into e-commerce and maybe some of them aren't as as advanced as others out there. Yeah, yeah, I could I could talk hours and days on this topic. I think there's there's a couple of core things when it comes to tracking and and ultimately what comes on tracking is people just want they need to be able to trust the data, trust their data so they can make decisions on where to pull that lever and that lever is budget so they can really scale scale the business and and remain profitable. So a few of the common, you know, common issues that we see, um, number one is it's actually is, is attribution. So the way that brands will approach just evaluating their data. So at a very simple level is comparing reports inside of Facebook um, to Google Analytics on a surface level. Both of those platforms, they report, uh, sorry, they report conversion data in a very different manner. Um, so there's a lot of time that can be wasted on, you know, Facebook says $10,000 for this campaign, but Google, Google Analytics says $2,000 something's broken somewhere. Uh, and it's not always the case, you know, there's different attribution models that those tools will use. So that can, that can really cause brands to pause on really moving their campaigns just because they aren't there. They don't trust that, that 10 K or the two K they don't know which one, which one is right. And obviously putting more money into a campaign that is not performing and they're, they're trying to prevent that. Um, so that's a big one, which is, you know, you can't solve it necessarily on a podcast, but you can solve it through, you know, educating through the different types of attribution models um, and how their systems report out there. Some of the other common problems that we see in in the world of tagging and tracking is there's like a checklist checklist of three three to five things that we see when you're setting up your Facebook pixel or your AdWords tag or Pinterest, Snapchat, etc. Um, number one is we see like duplicate tracking that can happen a lot. So if you have double conversions firing. Then again, that's going to inflate your performance metrics inside of those different uh, reporting systems, so Facebook or others. Uh, number two is if you if you're running dynamic product remarketing, is you have catalog ID mismatches. So you, you might have product SKU as your primary catalog ID inside your Facebook catalog manager, but you might your pixel might be sending product ID. So basically, what ends up happening there is you won't the, the user that might have viewed or add a product to cart on your site. They won't, they won't be matched to that same product in the different platforms. So it's a mismatch of that product. And a couple others, and it just goes into like the, the data that's flowing into those marketing tags. You know, sometimes data is not there or it's missing or they're firing on wrong pages. But uh, those are generally some, some very high level issues that we see fairly often. It's not, it's not a niche thing. There there's, seems to be always errors and things breaking uh, within different tagging implementations. Uh, yeah, it's, and it's, it can be frustrating because that's the last place you want to be spending your time is in fixing those type of errors. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. And, you know, especially touching on that piece that you talked about, incorrect reporting, I think is huge. A lot of with e-commerce blowing up so quickly, a lot of people are trying to enter that space in. And, you know, a lot of brands don't have tons of money to play around with the first time around to get things right and not being able to attribute where your spend is most effectively converting it's it could be really costly and detrimental to the business growth yeah so there's one thing that we we try to try to work with our our customers a lot in doing this is when you are especially if you are just if you are fairly new and starting out and trying to scale is don't all don't just focus on purchases as the primary kpi so if you have more top of the funnel campaigns or influencer campaigns or things like that Maybe you're really trying to fill the top of your funnel. So looking at more micro conversions of 
percentage of users that sign up for an email, percentage of users that view a product, what's your product view to add to cart percentage, what percentage are, are initiating checkout. So it's it's almost like you, you want to think about a, just moving people down that journey through mixing and matching different channels versus just measuring everything only on purchase conversions. Because if you have a big prospecting campaign that's doing a great job getting people to add products to cart or sign up for an email, then you can use those other channels to really jump in and convert. Definitely. So I noticed on your website immediately is you guys have a lot of Google Tag Manager recipes like baked to go, ready to go, ready to implement. I was just curious. So still like, you know, even after researching Elevar and looking up some stuff, you know, and I'm sure that's probably the case for a lot of brands that are listening as well. But some of the stuff that we might be talking about might be going a little bit above the head because it is so technical. So let's kind of break it down from even just the beginning. Like, I know you guys use Google Tag Manager and have talked about it. What's the value there of using Google Tag Manager? Are there any like alternatives for data collection or what do you recommend like in terms of getting that right tech stack for your data collection? It can vary depending on the, the size of the business or the location of the business or potential privacy requirements or consent requirements. But the power of Google Tag Manager uh, really comes into A, when it's when it's initially configured properly and it has the it can be defined like the, as the data layer, then all of your new tags that you need to add. So if you want to add tracking for Pinterest or Snapchat or Critio or whatever else, whatever other channel, once ever that you have the foundation in place, then using a tool like ours is you can just implement Critio or any of those channels. Only thing you need to change out is just their, your account ID. It doesn't have to go through an engineer or developer to go through and implement all the tags and the scripts. Everything is pre-built and it can just be imported right into your GTM account. So that's really the first benefit is the speed of implementation to getting a new marketing channel tracking. Again, whether it's a big channel or affiliate tracking, the speed to get up and running is very quickly without needing engineering help. And then the, the other benefit that's related to that is that then you actually have a central repository of all of your marketing tags. So if you want to, if you want to remove a tag where you don't use it anymore, you can remove it through Tag Manager without having to dig through code. If you upgrade a theme or if you're making big uh, website changes, everything's in GTM. You don't have to worry about re-implementing all that tracking through the theme. Third thing is it, it can remove some the potential of things breaking and you not knowing about it um, if, if things do break inside of a theme, uh, which can happen with scripts conflicting or, or you know, developers making changes that don't necessarily know what's going on with those marketing tags. And then la the last one, which comes up all the time for us is site speed performance. So a lot of times if you're implementing the same tracking tags for five different channels inside your theme, they're looking for potentially the same data, like your product ID or the price of a product, and that code has to run. So if you move all that to GTM, it can help reduce site speed, ultimately just improve the user experience, which at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do is help, help merchants increase their conversion rate. Yeah, that makes total sense. I know even for any business, whether you're B2C or B2B, site speed is incredibly important. People are starting more searches on mobile now. So mobile site optimization is huge. As a marketer myself, I I definitely preach that, you know, having a strong um, site speed, being able to access stuff immediately. We just have become kind of like an instant gratification society a little bit, and it's kind of expected to be able to have that. So I totally understand that. I know you kind of talked about different kind of events that maybe e-commerce brands should be tracking for. You said, you know, purchase is great, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the only one. 
on that subject, what what kind of other events do you have that maybe brands should be tracking for? Like might be the biggest ones that they may not have the tracking for set up. Um, and then maybe what kind of events usually might help move the needle for brands by being able to track that? Yeah. So we have some of the brands we work with, like Rothy's and Thrive Cosmetics and Viore and, and others. I mean, some of the, the data tracking that they're going through and, and setting up for, for the site I'll break it down into two different two different types of event tracking. One that is very specific to Google Analytics, and which if you're listening to this, you probably have Google Analytics set up, so you're spending some time in there to evaluate the performance of your site. So with event tracking, just think about your homepage. So if you're driving a lot of people into your homepage and you want to know what main navigation people are clicking on, uh, what banner are people clicking on that's leading to uh, leading to purchases or leading to people getting farther down the funnel. Um, if you have UGC or reviews or any like any other interactive feature on the homepage, are people interacting with that? And if they are, are they converting higher higher or lower than people who are not doing that? So that's, that's event tracking that we like to help uh, configure to really help on the conversion optimization side. So get people to the site. You can analyze that data in analytics or, or even our tool, and then just analyze how they're making their way through the funnel to convert. The other side of event tracking, which isn't, it, it's not really widely used. We're obviously big with it is think about those same events um, and pushing those into Facebook or some of the, uh, some of the other channels like Klaviyo, if you're using Klaviyo for email, um, I'll use a quiz as an example. So if you have a, a quiz that you are asking people specific questions and they're giving you specific answers, that data can be sent to your different marketing channels that can be sent with your Facebook pixel. It can be sent to Klaviyo. At that point, if you think about an email, if you're driving people through a quiz, which you're trying to ultimately get them to sell a product, but they they are essentially self-segmenting themselves for you. So at that point, if you know some, you know, some type of attributes about the customer, you can then create a much more curated and personalized email flow experience for them, which the data shows over and over and over again that you're just going to you'll convert more of those type of um, sequences or flows. Uh, so that's like the Again, it's, there's so many different examples. So the way I usually suggest people when they ask this question is look at your site. And if there's like five things that you want people to do on your website, that is a non-standard event. Like everyone wants them to add to cart and purchase, but there are five things that people are doing um, on your site and you want to know what they are. Those are the events that I would set up and track and send those to different channels so you can analyze if they're helping or hurting your conversion. In addition to, again, setting up those more personalized uh, campaigns. That's really helpful. I think, you know, having that fixed fix number or at least some sort of like baseline number to go off of in terms of non-standard events to track for, I think is is really helpful for a lot of brands that are listening out there. Talking about that piece a little bit more, I know you talked about uh, personalization as well. Are there any sort of like things that you've seen from your experience that that work really well. I know you talked about the quiz uh, being one thing that's great for segmentation. Is there something specifically that you've seen that's great for helping to segment customers? Yeah, and the, you'll like this one. So influencer campaigns. So we have many, obviously, many customers that are using influencers to drive, you know, drive traffic to to their site. And many times, what we see happening is they they're using an influencer that's giving away a code, drive them to a landing page. And it's like, you know, use Snoop Dogg 15 to save 15%. And it's not that, that like promotion or code is only visible on that landing page. And once the user makes their way down to a product page or different page on the site, 
unless it's Snoop Dogg, everyone will probably remember Snoop Dogg as a coupon code. And if it's a different unique coupon code, the experience is unbroken. So to carry that code across different pages. So when somebody is on a product page and they're like, oh, actually I, I do want to buy this. And they're like, there was a coupon code. Where is it? How can I get back to it? They're going to have to find their way back to get that code. And you just end up losing people. It's like a leaky, bu leaky bucket where people end up falling off. So that's like a, a personalization experience that we just see. It performs well over and over and over again. It's just carrying that consistent influencer you know, promotion or campaign across every step of the journey just uh, wins every time. That's awesome. That's great to hear. I know uh, a lot of the brands that do use trend do coupon codes and things like that. And I'm sure optimizing for that could be really helpful. There are so many ways that you can optimize for conversion, but that's definitely a great one. So I think I have maybe one more question over here and you might've possibly answered it already, but we'll try and hit on it. So we've talked about Google Tag Manager a lot over here. Are there any functionality features that maybe we haven't talked about yet that you think would be helpful for brands to implement? I'll share a little bit of the future of Google Tag Manager for our, our industry, everyone that's listening to this that's in e-commerce. Number one is think about privacy and compliance and CCPA and everything that goes along with that. There, there are some new, new mechanisms within Google Tag Manager that can help uh, make that process much more easy without losing a lot of the tracking because of privacy and ad blockers and things of that nature. Number two is, like you said, with site speed. So using, using GTM to move scripts out of the theme into GTM and then order them. There's also a new type of container, which is it's called server side. So it's basically like server to server connections for sending data to different marketing platforms. And that essentially removes, that moves all of those, the scripts from the browser. So it can be a, very, a much faster experience and not having the weight of all the scripts executing. So those are two longer term things that you know, 2021 will definitely be, be, be big and, and growing in importance. But some of the other benefits I talked about already, I won't, won't rehash them. Like as a whole, I mean, GTM can really just be the customers that we've worked with them for many years, they just get a ton of value on the speed to implement new marketing tracking, the speed and ability to add uh, event tracking to really help them. Again, if, if you're spending a dollar, you want to maintain spending a dollar, but instead of only making two or three dollars on that dollar, you want to make five, six, seven dollars on that dollar. And GTM can really unlock some of the insights that you need to to make that jump from three to, to five or six dollars. So. There's a, there's just so much I could talk all day about GTM, but I don't, <laughs> as you, it, it's, a, it's obviously very powerful and, uh, you know, it's proven so valuable for, for many e-commerce brands. Yeah, that's, that's great. Well, Brad, I think that's all the questions I have on my end. We're coming up close to time over here. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You have been a wealth of information about analytics tracking, which has been really helpful. Before we do go though, if you can share some more information about Elevar and where people can learn more, that would be great. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been, been fun. Always, always a good time talking uh, GTM and tracking. Um, so number one, you can find out more about us either on the App Store and Shopify or getelevar.com. Uh, we do have, we put out a ton of content, free content. We have a video series called The Art of Tagging. It's 25 videos that takes you from GTM beginner, like educating you on the benefits of GTM, all the way to like how to extract insights from Google Analytics. And that's a free course that's on YouTube. Anybody can take take that. 
Um, and we, we also have a free Chrome extension that if anybody wants to start point, like creating that event tracking I talked about, like tracking your main menu or tracking a quiz, we have a Chrome extension that um, you can use and download and point and click so you don't need to be super technical, you don't need to be a GTM wizard. Um, you can tag your own site and start collecting that data. Um, and it's, it's uh, yeah, I think for us, we're all about education. So if anybody has any questions, feel free to drop by and shoot us a note and you know, hope you have a great Q4. Great. Well, we'll definitely put those links in the show notes for this episode. So that way people can find the Chrome extension and um, your website as well. But Brad, thanks again for joining us. It's been a blast having you on the podcast. And for everyone out there, we will see you next time on the DTC pod.